you take God's precious word, please, and turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 14 and 15 tonight. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. The title of the message is Do Not Enter. Do Not Enter. In front of the federal courthouse where I work, there's a one-way street. And I hate one-way streets, by the way. I do. I hate them. I always seem to, if I'm out of town or something, I always seem to uh, not, you know, see the sign or something. But uh, there's a one-way street in front of our courthouse, and it provides its share of entertainment. Because almost every day, I mean, there's a sign out there that says, Do not enter. But almost every day, there's going to be somebody turn and go the wrong way down that one-way street. And by the way, on a side note, if you ever are out somewhere and you're concerned about that, look at the, the dashes in the middle of the road or the line in the middle of the road. If it's yellow, then it's a two-way street. If it's white, it's a one-way street. So that's a good way you can remember it. But uh, sometimes they'll go off down that street and there'll be a policeman see them and turn them around. Or sometimes they'll just meet traffic head on and they'll have to abruptly stop and turn around and, and uh, get going the right direction. But it's dangerous to travel the wrong way down a one-way street. But, you know, that's exactly what... God's path of wisdom is. We've been learning about the path of wisdom that God has laid out for us in His Word. He's designed us to live a certain way, to accomplish a certain objective as people. And there's only one way to accomplish that, and that's God's way. So tonight we're going to be looking at the do not enter signs here in the book of Proverbs that is, are placed on God's road to wisdom. You don't want to go the wrong way. You want to go the way God's laid out for us. And uh, if we don't, we're going to end up meeting the consequences of our error head on. And it's not going to be pleasant. Solomon says, look now in verse 14, Enter not into the path of the wicked. Enter not into the path of the wicked. So there is a path that wicked people are traveling on right now. Or else how could you enter into it? There is an established path that wicked people are traveling on. They are going in the wrong direction. They're going the opposite way that God has laid out for them in the Bible. And most of them travel their foolish path right out in the open for everybody to see. And by traveling out in the open like that, you know what that does? It entices other people to join in with them. The truth is the majority of people in this world, the majority of our co-workers, friends, neighbors, family, they're all going in the wrong direction. It's plain and simple. They're traveling what Solomon is describing here tonight as the path of the wicked. If you keep your place here in the book of Proverbs and turn to Matthew chapter 7, 
Matthew chapter 7, remind you something Jesus said about the path of the wicked versus the path of wisdom or the path of the righteous. Of course, one leads to death, the other leads to life. But in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way. And another word for way is what? Path. Road. Same thing. Broad is the path that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So the vast majority of people, Jesus said, are traveling down the path of the wicked. What Solomon said we're not to enter in on. And only a few people in comparison are traveling the right way that God has laid out for us. So the path of the wicked, it's the majority path. It's the path we see our friends and our neighbors Walking every day. And because the path is so common. So popular. It appears to be normal. When in actuality it's abnormal. It has the appearance of being right. Even though it is actually wrong. Now suppose there at the courthouse where I work. Suppose the majority of cars were traveling the wrong direction. That's just what they decided they were going to do. They think, you know what, it's really more convenient. Instead of me going around the block to get to where I want, it's just more convenient for me to just go the wrong way and get there directly. And so the majority of cars ignore the sign, ignore the warning, and they begin traveling straight through going the wrong direction. And suddenly a stranger comes into town. The Carlsons come into town, their big van. And they see the majority of people going the wrong direction, and they don't pay much attention to the signs. They just assume that that's, you know, the right way to go, and they just follow right in there with them. Next thing you know, it's become so popular that even the police and the mayor of the city, they all start traveling the wrong direction down that street. Everything seems to be going fine. Everything seems to be right about the direction they're going. Until one day, some troublemaker points out to them the do not enter sign. They say, well, look. It says this is one way not to enter this way. And so the mayor says, oh, that sign is ancient history. That was put up years ago. The public cries out, man, this is 2022. Everybody knows that sign's wrong by now. You know, that's exactly how the people of America think today. Concerning God's Word. Concerning basic, natural morality. Whether of gender, of right or wrong, of light versus darkness. But one day, they're going to meet... The big truck of reality that's going the right way because they failed to heed the warning signs of God's word. And it's not going to be good for them when they do. 
For now, everything seems to be okay for the people heading in the wrong direction because their path is the majority path. It's the popular path, the accepted path by men. And, you know, there's a certain feeling of security when you're walking the majority path, isn't there? When you have the majority view, it gives you a feeling of confidence. I flew out of town once to an airport I'd never been to before, and I got off the plane and walking into this new airport. And you, if you've traveled much, you know when you enter into a new airport, unless it's just super tiny, uh, then uh, it can be a little confusing. and You're not sure what direction to go to be able to get out to meet your family or loved one or your rental car or whatever it is you're supposed to get. So I, when I got off the plane, I had no idea how to get outside to the pickup area to the airport. So I watched the path that the majority of people were going. And I started following them. I entered into the majority path, and when someone veered off, a different way, maybe to the restroom or going somewhere else. I didn't follow them. I just stayed with the majority. And I had a degree of confidence that they knew where they were going. And fortunately, they did. Following experienced travelers as they got off that plane, it was a rational, logical decision that I made, and it was successful. But here's the problem. Because we have a sin nature... That kind of rationale does not apply to spiritual things. doesn't apply to spiritual decisions. The airport was designed with a specific path for the passengers to follow. And everyone who took that path met their loved ones at the entrance of the airport. The reason I was able to follow the crowd at the airport was because the majority of people wanted to follow the prescribed path. But when it comes to spiritual matters, the majority of people aren't like the people at the airport. They don't want to follow the prescribed path. They're rebels in their hearts. They reject God's path, and instead they set out to make and walk their own, here called the path of the wicked. Like the street in front of my courthouse, God's paved a one-way street for people to travel. He's placed signs in His Word all along the way, directing us what direction to go, warning us when we go the wrong way. But people find those signs offensive, cumbersome, intolerant, and just not very fun. And so they head off in the wrong direction. Those who heed God's warnings will meet their loved ones at the airport's entrance, but those who reject them will end up in a place they never intended to be. So Solomon tells us to resist the temptation to follow the crowd. Don't let the world normalize the path of wickedness in your eyes. Enter not into the path of the wicked. But Solomon didn't stop there. He didn't say, don't just enter the path of the wicked. Look back in your text. He said, and go not. And go not in the way of evil men. In verse 14, take your pens and underscore the words, enter not. Now underscore the words, go not. 
Now keep your place here and turn to Psalm chapter 1, please. Psalm chapter 1. Keep your place here in Proverbs. So we just entered, uh, we just underscored enter not. And now we have underscored go not. And now if you'll look in Psalm chapter 1, in verse 1, Keep your pens out again, please, and notice the correlation between the Psalms and the Proverbs. The psalmist writes, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Underscore walketh. Underscore standeth. Underscore sitteth. So notice how the Bible says the blessed man is someone who doesn't walk, stand, or sit in a place he shouldn't be. You see, a rebellious man would say, well, I'm not walking on this path. I'm just standing here. Well, I'm not going that direction. I'm just sitting here. The devil's always ready to help you. Reason your way out of obedience to God. And you know what? He's very successful at doing so. He'll convince you that you can keep company with the wrong people without doing the wrong things. That you can listen to the wrong music without having the wrong thoughts. That you can look at the wrong things without committing the wrong actions. The devil has sort of a perverted kind of reasoning. It, it makes sense even though it has no spiritual sense to it at all. But it sounds reasonable, especially if you're wanting to commit the sin. <laughs> you know, you'll bite at anything to try to justify your actions. But he, he reasons with a perverted sort of reasoning. He says, uh, Solomon said, enter not into the path of the wicked. Yes, he said that, but you're already on that path. You were raised this way. So you're not entering the path, you're just going down the path. That you're already on. They say there's a technicality there. But Solomon closed all the gaps up for our excuses, didn't he? He buttoned them all up. He, 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 he removed the technicalities. He says, don't enter the path and don't go down it. And I believe God is showing us the necessity here in His Word of our complete abstinence from evil. A complete abstinence abstinence from evil. A young man may say, well, I want to, uh, I, I know what, I know what, I, I won't go down that path. I just want to see what the path looks like. So I'm not going to enter the path. I'm just going to stand here on the, on the curb and, and just take a peek down there. After all, that would be educational. It'd be like a preacher studying pornography so he'll know what to preach against. You know, don't do that. But, that, you know, that's, that's what a young man may say in a particular situation. I'll go to that party. I'll look at those dirty pictures. I'll hang out with my lost friends. I'll dip my feet into the water, but I'll be very careful not to drown. That's what the devil will get young people to do. That's what the devil will get old people to do. You know, we just had a, a district judge... 
here in East Texas get arrested for DUI. I don't know if you saw that, Brother Shepherd. I mean, my goodness, he sentenced so many people himself. I'm sure there was a good excuse in his mind. No, Solomon says, don't go down the path. Don't even enter the path. He said, look in verse 15, avoid it. Back in Proverbs 4, 15. He says, avoid it. The Hebrew word here translated avoid it literally means loosen. Loosen yourself from that path. Cut the ties that bind you to it. Christian, we should free ourselves from any ties, any associations, any implication, or any potential run-ins in the way of the wicked. Avoid it, he says. Loosen yourself completely from it. Don't have any connections with the path of the wicked. You know, Christians today aren't doing a very good job of this. I don't know if you've noticed or not. But Christians don't do a very good job of this today. When wicked people start dressing a certain way, they start looking a certain way, they start sounding a certain way, you know what the Christians will do? The Christians want to start acting, dressing, looking, and sounding just like them. It's bizarre, but they do. And by doing so, they are not avoiding the path of the wicked. Instead, the devil's clever. He's getting them to pave a path in the name of Jesus that looks so much like the wicked path that many Christians can no longer distinguish between the two. That's what's happened. It's dangerous. It's like Christian leaders are, uh, are somehow thinking, I don't want to travel down the wrong path. I just want to look like I am. And when the church starts looking like the wrong way, don't be surprised when its people start going down the wrong way. I'm going to give you a good illustration. This is going to be kind of graphic. So, parents, exercise your judgment with this. But when I was a boy, there was a, a creature named Wally Coyote. And I don't know what he had against this roadrunner. And I want to tell you, it got pretty bad. And one day, I saw this brother shepherd with my own eyes. I'm not kidding you. There was a road, a real highway that roadrunner traveled down. And, and, and you know what that Cody would try to do? He would try to paint a road that looked just like it with a tunnel and, and make it try to get that roadrunner to run around to the cliff. And it would look like a tunnel. It was just really a rock. Of course, it always happened that somehow the coyote would get on and fall for his own tricks and then splat right into the rock. I told you it was going to be graphic. I apologize. But can you see that that's what happens when we pave a path so similar to the road of the wicked, that Christians don't know which way to go. They see the same things in church, and so they go off into the ways of the world because it looks just like it. Probably because majority of the components actually are the same. 
Solomon said, don't flirt with the path of the wicked like this. It's dangerous business. He said, look back in your text, pass not by it. Pass not by it. Don't go near the place God doesn't want you to travel. You know what we can deduct from that? We should always keep a healthy distance between us and sin. Keep a healthy distance. When one of my kids were little, and I, I learned a long time ago to not use your children for sermon illustrations. So I'll keep this child anonymous. But when one of my kids were little, I could tell that child, if, if there was particular something out on a coffee table or something, I'd say, now, now don't touch that. And I'm telling you, it was like a magnet just drawing that child, unlike any other child I've got. Just drawing that child to it. You could see it all over his or her face. I'm not letting it out. And you know what that kid would say? I'm serious. Sometimes they would have their hands on it, actually putting their hands to on it. And I would say, I said, don't touch it. I'm not touching it. I'm just looking at it. But you know what? The more they looked at it, the more difficult it was for them to keep their hands off of it. God knows that. Solomon knows that. The Holy Spirit knows that. He knows our fallen nature and what we're prone to get into. So he says, enter not, go not, avoid it, pass not by it. <laughs> So if I had something I didn't want to get broken by that child, it behooved me to keep a healthy distance between the child and the object I was trying to protect. Make sure as a parent, you keep a healthy distance between your child and what it is you're trying to protect your child from. As a parent yourself, as a person with a fallen sin nature, keep a healthy distance between you and the path God is warning you not to go down. If you have a problem with particular sin, pass not by it. How about that? Pass not by it. Don't get around it. Keep a healthy distance between you and the path God wants you to avoid. If you have a problem lusting after young women, hey, guess what? Don't coach a girls' softball team. You got a problem with alcohol? Well, I wouldn't work in a restaurant with a served alcohol anyway. But that's sure what you want to stay away from. Don't go where it's at. Get away from it. Pass not by it. Now, now, if I, when, when, when my wife and I, we travel out of town or something, and we're going to map a course that we're going to go, there's some places we, we, we don't want to go by sometimes. And if I want to not pass by a particular place when I'm traveling, 
Then guess what I have to do? I have to plan my route ahead of time, don't I? So, take the time to plan how you're going to avoid these paths of wickedness ahead of time in your life. Make a plan and say, here's what I'm going to do to keep from passing by the place God tells me not to go. Because once you start looking at the path, it's going to be a whole lot more difficult to keep your hands off of it. To keep them running down it. Solomon said, look back in your text, turn from it. Turn from it. Passing not by requires prior planning on our part. Turning from it requires decisive action on our part. You see the difference? Solomon is not just being redundant. Solomon is expounding a very important truth. Decisive action. It requires us to say no. It requires us to make decisions and then stick to those decisions once we make them. That's the only way to turn from it. Requires us to change our directions in life. To change our associations in life. To uproot the wicked roots that we previously laid down. And because of that turning from the path may be the most difficult thing for us to do. But if you'll conscientiously follow God's word. Then you will automatically Start turning from the path it warns you against. Finally, Solomon said, look back in your text, and pass away. How about that? Don't enter. Don't go. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it. Look here now and pass away. Pass away from it just like the Israel's lights. They passed away from Egypt when they crossed over that Red Sea. They didn't just hang out around the edge of the border and say, well, we won't go into Egypt. God said no. They didn't do that. They got out of town. They crossed over and passed away, which is literally what that means in the Hebrew. It means to to traverse, to cross over. Leave that path of sin behind you and don't look back like Lot's wife. It's always a good uh, recommendation in life to not burn bridges. But when it comes to the path of the wicked, these are bridges we need to burn. Burn any bridges that would allow you to cross back over to the place that God forbids you to travel. When I was young, I memorized this portion of Scripture. And I want to tell you many times when I've been tempted to do a particular thing. I've thought about this scripture. To avoid it, to pass not by it, to turn from it, to pass away. Don't enter it, don't get around it, don't get anywhere close to it. And I've said to myself that. And I tell you what, it sure helps to have some strong, definitive language in God's Word to guide you, to reinforce the way God wants you to go. It's sort of like here in the Scriptures, instead of laying down a center stripe and a white line, it's like God put in some big guardrails. 
And if we'll commit this particular passage of Scripture to memory, it'll be a hedge of protection between us and the destruction that awaits us when we disobey God's Word. We'll go ahead and stop there tonight. Thank God. Let's, let's do this before we close. Proverbs 4. Look here with me if you would. At 14. Let's read these two verses together. Enter not into the path of the wicked. And go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it. And pass away. That's a good one to remember. Father, we thank you for your precious word tonight. Thank you for those who took the time out of their, their day to, to honor you, to come and to be refreshed in midweek, Father, with the renewing of their minds in your word. And I pray, Father God, that everyone will leave here, Father, determined, Father, to enter not into the path of the wicked, to not even come close to it, to take the prior planning and the decisive actions, Lord, required on our part to burn those bridges. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name.